Blog Talk Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Abundant Solutions Hour. Our goal is to help others be more, do more, and have more. I'm your host, Gregory Turner. And I'm your co-host, Brian J. Henderson. Brian, tonight is different. Yes, sir, it is, it is. It's a different night. There's a lot of things going on in the air right now. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you saw on the news, Martin Lee Anderson, the defendants in that case were acquitted today. Yes, sir, I saw it. I saw it with my own two eyes, and I can tell you that there's something brewing. Well, Brian, if you would, tell the callers about the case. A lot of people may not know, not the callers, but the listeners, they may not uh, have heard about the Martin Lee Anderson situation. Yeah, you know, the Martin Lee Anderson situation is, uh, Martin Lee Anderson was a 14-year-old kid that was, uh, he was beaten at the boot camp and subsequently died, you know, uh, and he was in a boot camp in Bay County, and it charged the people, the guards and the nurses, there I think there were seven of them, they were all charged with, you know, first degree manslaughter, and then they were all acquitted, and you know, they had circumstantial evidence that said that, you know, what they did was routine, and you know, they didn't do anything wrong, but you know, I'm just trying to find justification in what's wrong, what's not wrong about kicking and kidding a 14-year-old child with a bat, you know, with one with a baton. Well, you know, I mean, and there's a lot of facts in this case that, you know, that have been presented. There are some issues about his medical, you know, undisclosed medical condition, you know, and you know a lot of other things that happen. You know, but the fact remains, you know, we won't have all the answers, you know, to the story. I mean, there's still more coming out. And now, due to the acquittal, we have a large number of protests, one actually going on here in Tallahassee as we speak. Right. And, Brian, you know what? When they gave the verdict, I also heard, too, that the students at Florida State University and Florida A&M University did a walkout and they marched together down to the Capitol. And the beautiful thing about that is you had all these white students and you had all these black students and you have all these Latinos and you have everybody, all these different nationalities, people from from different countries, they were all walking together. And I'm not saying break the law, but what they did was they gathered in a big circle, arm in arm, in the front of the Capitol, in the middle of the road, and they blocked all the traffic. It was just, I mean, it, 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 it's really there's, a really, there's a lot of tension in the air right now. I mean, if you go outside, you could feel it because it's just that, it's, it's to that point. And the students were together, and they're together, Brian, and this is the beautiful thing about it. They're all standing up together. It's not just the blacks that are out uh, protesting. Anybody that knows anything about this case, anybody that saw it or followed it, they were affected. And, Brian, I felt like when they gave the verdict today, I remember they did the O.J. Simpson verdict years back. I think it was 94. It was to that magnitude here. Because when that verdict was, when they said it, I mean, it was like you could hear the entire state of Florida just just mourning. Just mourning. And it, it, it was, and, and I, my heart goes out to the mother. And to the to the to the father of Martin Lee, and this is such a bad situation. When you look at it, you say you want to send Michael Vick to jail for fighting or killing dogs, but you don't want to deal with people that take the life of a child, a black child at that. Now, Brian, I don't know if you follow this case all the time, and you look at the, a lot of the the cases that's going on. But how many of these situations occurred when the child was white? How many do you know? Um, I can't recall very many. Hmm. You know, I'm actually uh, drawn to this case up in Pennsylvania. You know, and I, I know we're talking about Martin Lee Anderson, but I just thought about the case in um, in uh, Pennsylvania where they had the white kid who had been in trouble with the law, who had been in and out of mental institutions, who was, you know, cursing out teachers and, you know, just being overall unruly and, you know, telling people, threatening them outright, saying, I'm going to come back and kill you. 
mm-hmm. and he he's able to get into school after he's been suspended with a gun, with a duffel bag, you know, full of the stuff he was going to use, mm-hmm. and, you know, and shoot five people or four people before turning the gun on himself. You know, and there's like, there's this huge double standard that I see, you know, and I don't know if it's necessarily, you know, just me looking at it from a, you know, black male perspective, but there's a huge double standard that comes about from, you know, our young black males versus other races, mm-hmm. you know, um, why this kid wasn't, you know, taken out of, you know, that general population or why this kid wasn't watched when he openly threatened people. Well, Brian, do you think that the kid was given chance after chance after chance and, you know, a lot of times they'd be in situations where they are in trouble, they have them in trouble, and they just somehow somebody make a phone call or somebody does something and the kid is no longer in that situation anymore. You know, and, and, and they feel like, you know what, if I do this, I'm going to get off anyway. I have somebody that's going to speak up for me or they're going to do something or pull some kind of maneuver to get me out of this. Do you think what happened to this kid caught up with him? You know, I can't say that it that it did because this kid, he knew what he was doing. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, they they say that he was mentally insane. You know, I I kind of, in a sense, agree with that. Mm-hmm. You know, and we're talking about the, the child in uh, Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. Is you that know, the, is that the, is that the one where the mother bought the guns for him? No, that's actually a different person. So there's two incidents that's actually going on in Pennsylvania. You know, involving children with weapons. You know, and it's like, what is this new phenomenon now that, you know. Young white males can have arsenals of weaponry at their fingertips, and they go out and they, you know, shoot up people, they kill their families, and there's not a whole lot being said. And you can find, when you really look down, deep down, that these children have been helped over and over and over and over, given first, second, third, fourth, fifth chances, and yet when it comes to our black males, they've they already come out without a chance. Mm. And when, as soon as they get in trouble, they're they're automatically labeled. They don't get any true counseling. They get punishment. Mm. You know, like in the case of Martin Lee Anderson. Yes, he had been in trouble with the law a couple times. He was doing stupid stuff, you know, stealing his grandmother's car, going joyriding. I mean, there's a lot of kids that have done that, going joyriding in their grandma's car and their mom's car and their mom's not home. Right. You know? So they sent him off to this boot camp because he was a problem child. He was standing in and out of trouble. And they sent him off to a boot camp where the boot camp whole thing is, we're going to whip you into shape. You know, we're going to get you, we're going to whip you into shape and you're going to do whatever we say. And here's the thing that really gets me about the Martin Lee Anderson case. Here it is. You have a child that you send to the boot camp. You don't know his medical condition. You know, it's undisclosed. But you don't know his you don't know whether he's an asthmatic or whatever, you know, or you don't know exactly what his medical condition is. He could have had a heart defect. Anything could have been going on. Mm-hmm. And yet you go out there and you subject him to 14, 15 laps around the park, you know, around the facility. And when the kid tells you I can't go anymore, you proceed to prod and push and prod and push, and when he just says, no, I'm not going anymore, I can't, you proceed to hit him and beat him and kick him. And then when he's laying lifeless, you stuff ammonia tablets into his nose, ammonia capsules into his nose in an effort to wake him up. For what? Is that the way you believe you can get our children to respond to you? Whatever happened to talking with them, to, to, you know, getting down and really finding out what's a matter? You know, what's yeah. wrong? You know, I was talking to a gentleman today, and he was saying, you know, I was talking to him about, you know, what I like to do. I like to go out and talk to children and people alike about abstinence because I believe in abstinence. I promote abstinence. Right. You know, and so... I'm out talking with him, and I'm telling him what I do, and he says, you promote abstinence. Man, those kids aren't going to listen to you. 
I said, you know what? That's the same pessimistic attitude that keeps us mentally on the back of the bus. And he was like, what? He's like, man, those kids aren't going to listen to you. I said, I'll give you a perfect example that children do listen. I said, play a rap song, any rap song. I guarantee you they know the words. That's right. So you can't tell me that children don't listen. It's all about what you're putting in them. That's right. And Brian, it's about what you know, you're telling them. And, Brian, also, too, we need to say what the title of the uh, show is tonight. Yes. It, it, it all lines up with what's going on. It, it all lines up with the current events of today, which is, <laughs> I, Brian, I'm, I'm so touched. I'm, I'm just, man, it, it, it's tough. This is a tough show for us. It, it really is. It's really a tough show. The title of the topic tonight is Purpose. 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 There's a purpose for everything. And God is going to get his glory out of all situations. If this Martin Lee Anderson situation, God is going to get the glory from that. It may not look like it right now. It may look, it's just, everything is just chaotic right now. But the thing we have to understand is we're going to have to let God handle this. We're going to have to do our best to to just live our purpose, you know. And when I say live our purpose, we need we need to make sure that we have an order for God before we do anything because we can definitely go out there and hurt some people and do some things because at this point, Brian, in Tallahassee and Panama City, Florida, all it will take is one spark. Yes. One spark, and it's on. And when I say on, it's riots everywhere. It will be, it's, it's to that point now. So we, we definitely have to know our purpose. We definitely have to listen to God and, and not just react off of our emotions and, and just be angry. And, you know, and Brian, in this case, in this Martin Lee Anderson case, I read that 1,400 jurors were pulled. They interviewed them, or they had a number of them, however they do that. They came out with six white jurors. <laughs> how can how how does this how does this happen? How does you know, how does this happen? Here's the thing: whenever you pick a jury pool, you're going to have the prosecution as well as the defense go out, and what they'll do is they'll discuss. You know, what are the merits of this person? What are the merits of that person? Will they help the case? Will they hurt the case? And the prosecution and the defense actually come to a compromise. You know, and so I guess the way they compromised was they said, let's pick a diverse group of people from this jury pool. And so they were actually... You said diverse? Yes. They said that there was actually one Asian on the panel, and that made it, you know, that made it diverse. There were older people, younger people, retired people, unretired people, and they said, "Why look at it from an issue of color?" Mm. You know, but when you look at it, they were acquitted. And the reason I believe they acquitted them is because they looked at the rule of the law. And the rule of the law stated that what they did as far as, you know, that they used, quote-unquote, reasonable force to subdue a belligerent, you know, individual, as they put it, or someone who would not abide by the rules of the law. Mm-hmm. You know, he was being disobedient because he was not following the directions by, you know, because he was not running. Mm-hmm. And so when you follow by the rule of the law, they followed the orders. Then by law, they didn't break any laws. Mm. You see, if you notice, the the real strange thing about the case is immediately all boot camps were closed. The person who initially set up the boot camp system, who was uh, had been elevated in the department of whatever he was, I can't remember his name, mm-hmm. he resigned. You know, I think it was Department of Juvenile Justice or something like that. Mm-hmm. I think he resigned. And so all the camps shut down right away. And then they said, well, this isn't a cover-up. Well, how can you uncover something if you close it to where people can't open it up? 
to really see what's going on. Well, Brian, it took a long time. They had this thing. Uh, they had it where it was you couldn't see the tape. There was a videotape of it, and it took a long time for them to get the the videotape but they did finally get it. And I don't know if you saw it, Brian. It was, my God, it was something, you would have to see it. You you would just have to see it. Did you see it? Yes, I actually watched the entire tape. I I, had the entire tape online for a moment, and then they removed it, Mm -hmm. and then they put just pieces of it. Because watching the entire tape, I think it's about 45 minutes. Mm-hmm. Of what I consider torture mm-hmm. on i wouldn't I wouldn't put that on my enemy to be beaten and just thrown around like they did that kid that I mean it was sad. it was like he was a criminal and he had committed a crime, and you know it's just sad Brian this is again this is this is going to be a tough show. If you just join us, you're listening to the Abundant Solutions Hour. Tonight, Brian and I are talking about purpose. We're talking about several things that, that happened in the, the news today. One major thing happened, the Martin Lee Anderson case. The defendants in the case were all acquitted of, of, of all charges. And there is some things brewing right now in the streets of Tallahassee and also in uh, Bay County, which is Panama City. So, Brian, you know, I don't know which way you went home today, but did you see all the protesters? Did you run into any of the traffic? You know, it's funny. I was taking my son to get a haircut, and I wasn't aware of the protest. Mm-hmm. So I had actually taken um, an alternate route on one of the, the uh, side roads, mm-hmm. and I didn't go my normal way down the street because the traffic was all backed up. And I said, well, you know, I'm going to jump across and go down you know, the back road. And so I didn't have a clue that they had it blocked off until I got to the barber shop. Mm-hmm. And they had it on live, and they had attorney Ben Crump, and he was discussing the case mm-hmm. and his disgust with the verdict. And then they showed, you know, all the people in arms, and I'm like, wow. <laughs> you know, it was amazing. Mm-hmm. You know, and then I talked to some folks, and they were like, we're on our way up there. And, you know, ironically, I said, Why? Why are you going up there? And they said, well, we need to be in solidarity. And I said, it doesn't change the verdict. Now what we have to do, because, see, the rule of law, you know, they can appeal, you know, well, they actually can't appeal an innocent verdict. They can can choose to retry the case on a different ground. And so, I mean, there are some things that they can do, but, you know, what I really believe needs to happen is you need to have the federal government intervene on this case. And they have. They have. Uh, as of today, they did say that it would be investigated um, to make sure none of his uh, federal rights were not violated. But, Brian, are you saying that you don't think that uh, them protesting is a, is a good thing? Well, you know, what I thought, what I, what I was saying is they shouldn't have done it today. See, people expected them to protest today. They expected them to um, to come out and and be belligerent, you know, and break bottles and riot. Mm-hmm. But See, well, they you expected know, but, that. But what but needed not to happen right. is they needed to come together and discuss where do we go from here. Let's make it, make it a concerted effort. If we're going to march we need to march where there's so many people that they have to shut the streets down. Mm-hmm. Instead of see, it should have been done decently and in order, instead of a civil disobedient type of way. Mm-hmm. Instead of stopping traffic and causing disruption for people who may even be supporters of, you know, of the issue, who may even be on your side but just aren't aware of what's going on. Mm-hmm. What should have happened is they should have come together and said, let's plan our next effort. Well, now I'll, I'll say this in defense of the, of the protesters. It was, they didn't get out of line. No one was arrested. The police officers were there. They were there when the students blocked the roads off. They were there. They they did show that on television, and they did show the guys 
the, the, all of the students, they, were, they, they listened and they followed what the authority told them to do. They did move, and they blocked the streets off for them so they continued to do what they were doing. So I, I, I think that this was something planned in case the verdict was not guilty. I think the kids already knew that what their next step was because on campus, it, it, everything happened so quickly. I mean, it was, like you said, you didn't know anything about it. A lot of people didn't know anything about it. We didn't hear anything about it until it happened. Once they reached that verdict, it was like step, plan A, let's go. And and it happened, and and it was, Brian, I'm telling you, it was a beautiful thing to see all these kids in arms, not just the kids, but you had people. I saw people in wheelchairs. I saw people just just coming together. And the sad thing about all of this, sometimes situations like this, you know, the person that you're holding hands with, if if something like this didn't happen, you probably wouldn't know them. You probably wouldn't uh, have this opportunity to get a chance to know the person of the opposite race that's on the other side of you, and you guys are fighting and crying and you're shedding tears all over each other because of this. And, you know, the purpose of this thing, God is in, God is in control. He's still in control of this thing. And that's what I think that, you know, like you were saying, I, I agree with some of the things that you're saying. I agree that we need to uh, channel our energy in, in the right way and, and make sure that we listen for the voice of God to tell us what our next step is because it can get ugly quick. It can be an ugly, ugly situation, and I'm saying very fast. Very, very fast. So, Brian, what are you going to do tomorrow? Are you going down? Um, I, I think I'm going to go down and try to find out as much as I can. I may, I may go down tonight after the show. Well, you know, I'm actually going to be traveling tonight out of town. Oh, that's right. That's right. But, you know, it's not that my heart isn't with it. What I believe needs to happen is we need to really come together, not just, you know, because, see, right now really what you see happening is you see a concerted effort among the students. Yes. You know, and the students, for them, they're always together on campus, you know, for the most part. So it's easier for them to really rally the troops, so to speak. Yes. But what I, need, what I think needs to happen is I think we need to really sit down with, you know, some sort of summit. You know, you know what I mean? Yeah. I like a summit where we have people sit down and discuss these types of issues. Because there has to be an a solu- has to be a solution, well, so that none of our other children have to experience that. See, we have to go deeper than just the fact that a young man was killed, you know, that a young man died at the hands, you know, of guards who were doing their quote unquote duty. Mm-hmm. What we have to do is we have to delve into the minds of these young individuals to find out why they lash out to find out why they have to do the things to get themselves in trouble. Mm -hmm. You know, we have to find out why authorities believe punishing our youth is so necessary. You know, because once you send them to a boot camp or something like that, it's as if you're saying you are not redeemable hmm. you know and I mean that's that's the thing that just really just it just tugs at the strings of my heart because I know that everybody's redeemable mm-hmm. everybody's redeemable you know the the drug addict the drug dealer the prostitute the pimp the person with HIV, mm-hmm. the person that gave them HIV, the heroin addict, the sex addict, the thief, the murderer, they're all redeemable. And yet, you tell, they tell these children at the age of 14. At the age of 14, I was still playing with Lego, and I was in high school, but I, still, I was still a kid. Mm-hmm. I was still a kid. Nowadays, they're telling our young men, you're not children anymore. We're going to treat you like adults. You have to grow up and be an adult. And yet, there's nobody there to teach them how to be an adult. Yes. Purpose. Purpose. 
Brian, you and I both go out to the detention centers, and we see the kids. Uh, I mean, the same kids that are around the same age as Martin Lee Anderson was at the time of his death, 14 years old, and we hear the mindset and we hear the things that these kids have gone through. Uh, one of the kids told me that they saw their parents being killed. You know, So they, they go through a lot of things and they harden their hearts. And it's kind of hard. It's a very tough thing now once the kids are in the system and you die, you're there and you're talking to them. It's a very, very tough thing to get them to open up and to really trust you to the point of, you know what, I'm going to follow him. I'm going to listen to what he's saying. Because when you come in there, they're automatically thinking authority, authority. They want to give me an order. They want to tell me. They want to make me do something. And you and I know that's not our intentions at all. Our intention is to give them an opportunity to say, you know what, I have a voice. What's yeah. going on with you? How do you feel? Tell me. Talk with me. Let's talk. How, how do you feel? And I'm not saying how do you feel as a gesture to say hi. I want to know, tell me, how are you feeling? What's going on? And a lot of this, Brian, goes back to choices. Yeah, we talk about that all the time, choices. You know, and, and, and this, this world that we're living in demands from us an answer. This world demands an answer because when things happen to us, everybody sit back and they wait and say, okay, how is he going to answer this? How is he going to respond? What is he going to do? So now you put in that position that you have to answer and respond. It's based on how you answer will be the effect of whatever it is that you're responding to. And, Brian, you talked with me about some things about responding. I can't remember exactly how you put it all together, but if you could, I don't know if you remember talking to me about it, but I just want you to tell the people what it was that you were saying to me because it was so profound as far as how the world will demand a response. Do you remember that conversation? Mm, I think I do. I think I do. Yeah, yeah. I think what I was, what we were talking about is, you know, no matter, you know, whether you whether you respond verbally or non-verbally, you have to give a response. And even if even no response is a response, mm-hmm. you know. And so, you know, I, I was talking. I think we were talking with the inmates at uh, Leon County Jail, and we were talking about what is your response. Mm-hmm. You know, when you go through things and. Things don't always go your way, you know, and, and you're being tested. Mm-hmm. You know, what kind of response are you going to give? Because your response at that particular moment will determine your outcome. Yes. You know, it will, return, it will determine your outcome. It will re- determine, you know, whether you have a chance to respond again. Mm-hmm. You know? And like like you said earlier, it's all about choices, 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 choices. It's the choices that we make that will give way to what our purpose in life becomes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, Greg, what do you think happens next? You know, check that. I want to ask you about the Genesis situation. Okay. You know, just recently uh, one of the kids... And uh, that's uh, that has been arrested. Just received 18 months in jail mm-hmm. from an earlier altercation where he was involved with the, um, you know, with one of the one of the. I think he was he's black kid. He and a couple of other other defendants had taken a shotgun away from one of the white kids who pulled it on them during an altercation. Mm-hmm. Well, they were charged with um, aggravated assault and, you know, theft of a firearm. <laughs> you know, and they were, and the thing was, they took it from this kid because he, you know, they were they were arguing and fussing. This kid pulls out his shotgun out of the back of his truck, and they disarm him and give it to the and then they give it to the authorities when the authorities come, and the authorities arrest them for. Step of a firearm and aggravated assault, but the other kid got nothing. He ended up getting his gun. He got his gun back, mm-hmm. and I don't think he was old enough to even carry a firearm. Mm. You know, and so what do you think about the Genesis case? I mean, I know what you think personally, but tell the listeners what you think about it. 
I, you know what, Brian? I, I, I don't know what to think. I, I, I definitely think that. I think that the people that are watching the kids now and the and the, the places have become so hard that that when when you know it, it's it's so sad. It's a sad situation because it's like they've taken Jesus out of the the schools. They've taken you know the Lord out of out of out of homes and, and and we're just not in tune with God. So anything will happen. That's just what I think. I I, I really believe that. When you don't have that connection with God, you're liable to do anything. Yeah. It's just it's, it's it's like the enemy is running, just roaming the earth and just causing all this havoc. And it's not just the Jenner situation. It's it's the Martin Anderson situation. It's the kids that are killing in the schools and killing their families. And and you have now Brian, where where families are being uh, the the husband and is killing the entire family. They used to just commit suicide, but now they're they're taking the entire family out. They're wiping the entire family out. And what I think is, if you don't know God, if you don't know God, what other outlet is there that can compare to him? Hmm. What other peace? And that's what we're all looking for. We're looking for that peace. And as long as we battle with the situation that we cannot handle Anyway, it's not our battle. We have to just let it go. And and that's something that, Brian, I think that is going to continue until, you know, we're restored back with Christ. And once we get that, that, that relationship with him, you know, he'll, he'll lead us and he'll tell us what to do. And we won't be so quick to try to, 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 to hate other people and hurt other people because we're hurting ourselves. Now, what I think about the general situation is this. If these people don't turn from their wicked ways, like the word says, it's going to get worse. I really believe it's going to get worse. And the sad thing about it is a lot of people are going to get hurt. I just, I just, that's just what I believe because there's no way you can tell me that you have that relationship with God and continue to do the things and make the decisions that are being made in these situations, in these cases. Yeah. What law are you basing it on? God's law or man's law? <laughs> Ten well, Commandments or statutes, ordinance. What are you what are you basing it on? It's almost like the rules can be written and changed when they want and applied how they want. Now, I'm not saying that the entire justice system is just wrong. I'm not saying that at all. I'm just basing it on what I've seen. Now, if it's something else out there that I haven't seen, I apologize. But I want to see more. I want to see it. But that's that's just what I'm coming up with right now. Now, Brian, you tell me, what do you think about the Martin Lee Anderson situation? Well, see, that's the thing that's so that's so shaky about it because we haven't. You know, initially they showed everything, but there's been such a tight lip about the issue of the case, and I think that was in an effort to not taint the jury pool. Mm-hmm. But what was sad about it is, here it is, the uh, the defense tried to paint him as if, as if he was just this hard-earned criminal kid that was always in trouble, never listening, being belligerent, not following, you know, not obeying orders, and just so happens he was sick. You know, he had sickle cell trait, which is different than sickle cell anemia, by the way. You know, that was that was one of the discrepancies. You can have the trait, but not be, you know, but not have sickle cell anemia. Mm. You could just carry the trait. So they say, well, he carried the trait, so that could have um, that. That was the reason. That, and they found that and they said, oh, that's real easy. Well, there's a lot of people that carry the trait, you know. Mm-hmm. But so they try to say, well, it was because he, you know, he, had, he carried the trait and oxygen t- couldn't, you know, his blood couldn't absorb oxygen as fast. And yeah, that's but why he got tired real quick. But wasn't there another, uh, uh, I, think they, I think he was, 
resumed, right? I think I think I think he was dug up and they did another they right. did another um autopsy on him, I believe. Mm-hmm. And that what was the findings of that? Well, they said it was due to, it was asphyxiation due to the ammonia tab, uh, ammonia capsules because they had literally shoved them shoved the ammonia capsules up his nose. So what so Brian with this autopsy from the first person that did it the first autopsy was a sickle cell, sickle cell trait, right? Mm-hmm. Sickle cell was the was the cause. And this other person comes in and they do another autopsy and they come and find out that it was from the ammonia tablet. I think it was suffocation or something. Right. What happened to the license of this doctor that made the first finding? You know, I'm not sure. I'm not really sure. Because, again, you know, it has been so so tight-lipped about it lately that I, I hadn't really been following it. Mm-hmm. You know, because once I, once they had the verdict, the uh, civil verdict, you know, I really didn't follow it that much. Which was what, $5 million? $5 million to the family, you know, which they were, they were seeking a whole lot more. And, I mean, how much could you, could you even pretend to offer for the life of a 14-year-old child? You know that's that's really what's key. How much could you offer for the life of your child? You know how much how much could they give you, and you would be satisfied with for the life of your child? So I think the seven, the five million, whatever they gave, was basically a they 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 looked at it as being hush money. Here, take that and go hush. Don't talk about this anymore. So when they brought up the criminal trial, they said, okay, they didn't shut up. So now we're going to silence them for real. You know, we're going to bring out the jurors that we want. You know, I'm not so sure they should have even tried it in Bay County. Well, that was one of the things that the the father of the trial said. Now, Brian, also, I want to say this. I also read, too, that the father was kicked out of the courtroom. Mm -hmm. What What was behind that? You know, I'm not sure. They didn't really go into detail about it from on the blogs that I read. But I'm sure it had something to do with his displeasure of how the case was being tried. Mm-hmm. You know, so it could have easily been something he may have said. Mm-hmm. You know, well, and I, I mean, I, it's easy to speculate, but I'm not really sure what exactly happened. Right. I saw the news where he said that uh, they did an interview with him, and I heard him say that he did nothing. He said nothing. My, my, my. But again, you know, we, we're not in a courtroom. We don't know. But that's 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 what the father is saying is that he he didn't say anything that they had him removed out of there. You know, and it just goes to. I mean, wow, that's just to me. If he didn't, if if that's true, and he didn't say anything, they removed him to show they made a statement. That's what I believe. It was a statement. Mm-hmm. And see, this is the time where the people of God should stand up and say, we want our children back. We want our people back. You know, this is the time where we should be getting together and really looking at the way that the court system treats people and really just stepping back and saying, you know, this country was founded on the principles of God. You know, people can debate that separation church and state all they want to, but this this country was founded on the the, the founding fathers all believed in Jesus Christ. <laughs> you know, I mean, hey, you know, they may have written it up to say our Creator, but they know who their Creator was. Yeah, you know, they that's why on the dollar you see in God we trust. Because they trusted in God. You know, and so for those who, who may be listening who don't think that there is a creator and his name is God and his son is Jesus and all that great stuff, you know, the spill that you always say, oh, I don't believe in, guess what? You don't have to believe it. It's still true. <laughs> but, you know, to get back to the issue, 
What we have to do as people of God is we have to start listening. We have to start learning how to love our people, our children, so that they don't get into the situations that Martin Lee Anderson got into. Because the one thing that we know about the criminal justice system is that the word criminal is there for a reason. It's not always going to be fair. But, Brian, you know what? Have you ever tried to define criminal justice? (laughs) That's my whole point. (laughs) How do you define that? There's no such thing as criminal justice. I'm not... But anyway, the Jitter 6 thing, Brian, I I see where the kid was put back in jail. I don't really know all the the facts about it. and I know it said something about he violated his probation. What what was it that he did to violate? Was it something that he did before he went in jail, or was he on a a probation before he went in, or or what? What, What's the deal with that? Do you know? You know, he was already, you know, this particular kid had been in trouble before, and so I believe he was on probation from the time when he was in trouble, when he got into the fight. Mm-hmm. And even though you know there's real there's you know there's different stories on exactly what happened, you know, but for the most part, they violated him, and they actually gave him 18 months in jail. So this is stemming from before they released him, right? Because he was in jail, and then they you know he would think he was he was in jail, and then they got out. Mm-hmm. So I don't believe he was the one who was the last one that was released from jail. And again, I don't have all the facts in front of me. Right. But uh, you know, the reality is, you know, and we were talking about this, and you know, I don't want to sound like you know, I don't want to sound like racist when I make this statement. So just bear with me. But we were talking in the barbershop, and you know, barbershop talk. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and one of the guys said. Man, those kids with the Genesis Six, you know, they, you know, they, they were in trouble. And I said, well, you know, you really have to look at what they did. Did they do something wrong? Absolutely. And it wasn't just that they broke the law by fighting, or, you know, by beating up somebody, or allegedly, you know, stealing a firearm or whatever. What they broke was the common sense law that says. If you live in a town that and there's racial tension in the town and somebody comes up and says, I can make you disappear, you probably don't want to give them that opportunity. You see what I mean? Yes. You don't want to give them that opportunity because... Here it is, you've already, especially if you've already been in trouble. And here I'm reading it now. It says, uh, a teenager at the center of the civil rights controversy was back in jail Thursday after a judge decided the fight that put him in the national spotlight violated terms of his probation for a previous conviction. So it says, Michael Bell, who, along with five other black teenagers, is accused of beating a white classmate, had gone to juvenile court Thursday expecting another routine hearing said Carol Powell, Lexing, one of Bell's attorneys. Instead, after a six-hour hearing, State District Judge J.P. Malfi Jr. sentenced him to 18 months in jail on two counts of simple battery and two counts of criminal destruction of property. Wow. And he's 17 years old. Wow. Now, should he have been fighting? No. Absolutely not. But should he get 18 months in jail for a fight? I mean, come on. Yeah. These kids were charged with attempted second-degree murder and conspiracy to commit the same because they had a fight. Now... I know what what murder is, and I know what attempted murder is. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if you're fighting with somebody and you kick them and all that stuff, I've seen fights where people come out bloodied up and in the hospital for a couple of days, and they're not charged with attempted murder. 
especially if they're teenagers, mm-hmm. it would have been a whole lot different if they were using something other than their shoe. The shoes that they wore, see, in order to be charged with attempted murder, they had to use something other than, like, their fist. Like, if I'm punching somebody and I use my fist, if I had something in my hand, I could be charged with murder. If not, it could be manslaughter. They said that the shoes that they were wearing were used as weapons. Are you kidding me? The shoes that they wore were used as weapons. Mind you, nothing came about from the child who pulled the shotgun from the back of his truck at a gas station, pointed it at the three black males, and threatened to shoot them before being disarmed by those three black males. Well, what about the noose hanging? Did someone go to jail for that? No. It's not a crime to hang a noose from a tree. It's a crime to hang a person from a tree in a noose. I thought it was a hate crime. Well, they don't designate it as a hate crime. See, there's no real designation. The hate crime, has it has to be perpetrated against a particular individual in order for it to be a hate crime. So, there's, see, there's lexicon and there's language in there that basically you can have a noose, you can hang it somewhere, but if you don't directly threaten anybody with the noose, or if you don't directly, you know, injure someone with the noose, then it's not considered a hate crime. Hmm. So, in that sense, they couldn't charge them with anything. They could have easily charged them with stupidity, (laughs) you know, but they didn't charge them. Now, they could have actually charged them with inciting a riot because of the firestorm that broke, you know, because of this. Right. You know, I mean, heck, their school was firebombed. Shortly thereafter. So clearly there were some issues going on. There were some racial tensions going on. And what I still believe is that the administration at the school, I fought them directly for this situation. I fought them directly because they were the ones who could have put, at the very least, a platform out there where these kids could have talked and gotten through their differences. Well, Brian, we have a caller on the line. Well, sorry? We just just lost him. We had a caller on the line who was trying to get through, but but go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm just running my mouth. (laughs) You know, but, uh, you know, what I truly believe is that, you know, they had the opportunity to bring those children together and say, Let's work out our differences. Instead, they brought them together and said, to all the black kids out here, keep it up and we can make you disappear. Is that, is that what was said? Yes. That's what the assistant district attorney told them. My God. Well, you know, these are are the times that we're living in right now, and and when you don't have Christ in your life, and you think that that you can do anything, that's exactly what you're gonna do. That's something that you will definitely do. But it's kind of amazing that you will sentence a man to prison for killing a dog, but you don't find any fault in and someone killing a child. That's just that's just hard to believe. You had so many people rising up against Michael Vick when this came out. I mean, you had people coming from everywhere. And now when it's a child, the, this, this kid is barely being shown on television. I, I just think something is wrong there. And, and I you know, Greg, I, you know, I, now, that you think, now that you said that, you really think about it, he was, he was shown on the case. I mean, he was shown on TV until they reached the civil verdict. And then you didn't hear anything else about it until maybe last week or so when they were talking about the case is going to be tried and they were getting, uh, you know, the jurors ready in the jury pools and they were complaining about the issue with the jury selection. 
But for the most part, they kept it hush, hush. Now, they refused to move it out of Bay County. Now, Bay County, immediately the people in Bay County said that, oh, they didn't do anything wrong. They were following the rules. That kid, he just was sick, and our medical examiner said that he was okay, that he had a disease, and that's why. And so they immediately sided with the guards in the case. And it, it wasn't that all the guards were one color. You actually had, um, you know, black and white guards. But the fact that these guards were just doing their duty, you know, it makes it, first of all, what was their true duty? Mm. You know, I go back to where we were talking about the kids and their purpose in life. You know, does the, does the juvenile justice system consider our children untrainable? unredeemable and so thus they set their system up much like the adult system just on a smaller scale as if they're preparing them for this life where they're going to live it out in prison I mean do you see my logic behind this yes I understand I understand what you're saying you know my thing is what I feel like is I feel like they're just preparing our children for a life behind bars. I think once we can get to the children and show them that there is life out there other than playing professional ball and being a rap star or a rock star or a singer or whatever, there's a lot of other avenues that we have. But until we introduce them to that, until they know that they have a dream and that dream can come true, that that dream is real. It's just that you have to fight for what you want. You have to be disciplined and you have to stay focused. And, yes, some people you're going to have to cut off out of your life. You're going to cut them out of your life because they don't mean you any good. It's kind of hard to tell a teenager, well, that person over there, they, they don't mean you any good. That that's a battle in itself. Just telling them that because they feel, I guess, because they're at an age of of rebellion anyway. They they feel that if you do that, you're just saying that because you don't want me to be with this person. Well, of course I don't want you to be with them because you're going to wind up in trouble, or this person can influence you to do some things that you shouldn't do, or somebody is going to see you guys together. Presence mean a lot in this world. Appearances and who you're with mean a lot. Absolutely. So if you're hanging with somebody that's in trouble, guess what? You're in trouble. That's just how they see it. And it, it's a lot. So I, I think when we go at the kids, we shouldn't go at them with that avenue. I, as far as who they're with, I think that you have to have a strategic plan to deal with them And when they're hanging around other people. you just I, I think the plan should be listen to what your friends are saying. Listen to the words that they're saying. If they're telling you, man, let's go rob this place. Let's go do this or let's go do that or let's just pull this prank. Okay, where are the consequences? What's going to happen if something goes wrong? Is that a friend? Why can't they say, well, you know what, you have dreams. Let's 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 get together and, 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 and put our dreams down on paper and let's try to work this thing out so that we won't end up in prison, so we won't end up in jail. I know our environment is, is polluted, but we don't have to be that way. Because I, I really feel that you can't hold the parents responsible for someone that's making adult decisions that that have been in trouble time and time again. I think the parents can only do so much. Right. So, Well, there's a notion that says, it takes a village yeah. to raise a child. And somewhere along the lines, we've lost that village concept. You know, I can remember when I was young, everybody that knew your mama or your daddy 
had an automatic okay to spank your behind when you got out of line, you know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's like now you go to spank a child if it's your child, and you go to spank them, you can get arrested. And the people encourage the kids. And, and, you know, and I'm not saying that, um, you know, that I condone child abuse because there's a difference between abuse and correction. Yes. There's a a stark difference. You know, but what I am saying is that you can't even, you know, people want to try to tell you how to correct your children and then... If you look at the world today, this whole paradigm shift in how we raise our children, how we correct our children, has caused the type of children that will go out there and shoot up a school, you know, or have a weapons cache, you know, or will go out and fight and call people racist names and have racist attitudes and racist mindset, you know, to the point where they would go and, and and get a noose and hang it in a tree. Or get a noose and hang it behind their truck. Or even in the case of the lady who was sodomized and raped and beaten and held hostage up in I think I think that was up in Pennsylvania as well. A bitter crowd then you know, but What's your purpose in life? That's what that's what we have to get to. You know, especially with our youth. They have to find purpose. And there is a purpose for everything. Right, like I said before, the situation, the things that are happening right now, it's so hard to tell somebody that that's looking to the justice system as God. It's not fair. And if you think you can understand it, you can't. I think what we need to do is, again, I say this all the time, we need to seek God first before we make any decision. Because what's going on in this world today, there's so much anger, there's so much bitterness going on, and everybody wants revenge. Like right now. The protesters in this Martin Luther Anderson case. Mm-hmm. You can't tell me some of the people down there, the protesters, they want revenge. And it's an ugly thing right now. And I just pray and, and ask anybody that's listening, please do not harden your heart over this situation. Yeah. God is still in control. He is. He has the final say-so. We just need to listen for His voice. And trust me, you will hear him. He'll direct your steps. He will not lead you wrong. And the thing about it, who can judge God when he makes his decision, when he sends his orders? Who can refuse? Who can correct him? Who can tell him you're wrong? It should be done this way. He's still sitting where he's been sitting. And a lot of people are asking, how could God allow this to happen to this kid? How how can God allow a man to, to kill his kill his family and then turn around and kill himself? Why did he allow these bad things to happen? There's a reason, there's a purpose. There's a reason and there's a purpose. He was sitting there when he saw his son give up his life. But I guarantee you, you watch at the lives that are being saved behind all of this, Brian. Their lives being changed forever right now. A lot of people that didn't know Christ, they know him now. Because the first thing that I saw at this protest, Brian, I saw these people holding hands and they were praying. And I guarantee you, a lot of the people that were praying, it was their first time doing it. Guess what? The light is turning on. You've been listening to the Abundant Solutions Hour where our goal is to be more, do more, and have more. We thank you for joining us tonight. Tonight was a different show. We will have the singer Jonathan Nelson on in November. He had to reschedule. 
So, Brian, with that being said, thank you, brother, for coming on. Absolutely. I enjoyed it. It was new. <laughs> it was different. Yes, it was it different. Was, it was different. And there are a lot of things that we need to discuss. With that being said, thank you for joining us.